Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is another episode of Event Brew. Uh, we are in the midst of an official pandemic right now and still trying to stay positive, energized, and uh, be as helpful as we can to uh, the people listening. Uh, my name is Nick Borelli, and I am the uh, president and strategist of Borelli Strategies. And with me today is... Hi, brewers. This is Tui Deet with PRA Business Events, washing her hands nonstop. <laughs> And we have a guest brewer. We're really excited. Drum roll, it's... Hi, I'm Amber. I'm Amber Lieb out of Vancouver Corporate Planner. Dustin and Will uh, couldn't be with us today because um, I assume chaos, uh, it, which is, uh, you know, what we're dealing with right now. And I think we're an industry equipped to deal with chaos. So I'm uh, maybe... I'm becoming less worried with each hour, uh, even though things are escalating beyond a point where I would have thought like, I mean, it's currently, I, I should say the date at when we're recording this stuff, even though this, you know, obviously it's done in, in uh, previously, just so you, if something crazy happens between now and then you won't be like, why didn't he talk about that? Uh, I think at this point we, we might, might need to do a timestamp. Uh, so it's the 13th of March and Friday the 13th. Uh, yeah, I mean, wait, I will say and great. because we like Amber more. We're, we're just replacing a Canadian with an even better Canadian. Yes, Dustin. Don't tell Dustin yes. that though. <laughs> oh no, it's recorded. Dustin, you hear me? I'm going to stay as neutral as a Canadian on that one. <laughs> and just say sorry to anyone who was offended. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. but yeah, so we're, we're, uh, we're all trying to, you know, again, stay positive and stay, um, uh, keep conversations, I think out there that might be happening somewhere else as is kind of our mandate. Uh, so let's talk about what we are consuming in order to get us to that point where we can uh, have the energy to, uh, help everyone else who wants to start. What are you drinking? I'll start. It's the same. It's the usual. It's my Yogi organic green tea with some honey in it. Nick, I need to know yours. My, like, mine you isn't as mine isn't as crazy as normal. I have the, uh, you know, I'm I'm shopping local at McDonald's with the uh, McCafe coffee. Uh, I, I honestly like I I was just like running between different places today, um, trying to get my kids to a daycare because all school was canceled, and uh, I was like I need more coffee, so I, I went through there. But then I, I immediately felt guilty afterwards because I'm I'm trying to keep a list of businesses that I think are being like slammed the hardest, and I think probably um smaller establishments uh for food and beverage are probably the worst so i'm gonna i'm gonna make up for this purchase and uh buy coffee somewhere else today wait is it isn't it this the same amount for any size that's like the advertising you always see like oh the price small or a large yeah it's like so I, american 
I like think so. I, th- I think, yeah, most things in American uh, cuisine are dedicated to getting as much into you as possible. So, like, instead of half price, it's always buy one, get one free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, for meals, which is weird because, you know, I mean, I guess it's catering to the people who eat two meals at a time crowd. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, I think the gas stations with their big gulps uh, innovated with that idea of like no matter what it is, no matter what size, it's this much money because they're uh, – their price points so low that like who cares <laughs> and we're like what is going on <laughs> over there yeah Down i mean there. we're we're definitely not healthy without something else going on out here so it's uh, it's a good time yeah and amber how about you amber drinking so i am representing canada today <clears throat> so i brought the clearly canadian sparkling water nice and this is the country raspberry flavor and for dustin who will be watching later it is 90 calories so clearly canadian Uh, that's my little plug today i yeah i haven't had clearly canadian uh flavored water in a long time but i think it went away it was popular in the 90s and then it went away and then it like resurged like last year or whenever now i'm just seeing it at 7-elevens and so i was there Mm. and i'm like yes that's 90s nostalgia fuels everything like even zima came back a couple times uh over the last few years so I, uh, I mean, as we talk, I'm actually wearing a hat that has uh, a Josta logo on it, which I assume means nothing to you two because you're not nearly as old as I am. Uh, and this was a, a popular pe- a Pepsi beverage in the 90s, uh, some, somewhat sometimes called the first energy drink. Um, so uh, who cares other than the, the nostalgia is uh, is uh, fuels a lot of purchasing. And, and I, I don't know, I've been having um, nostalgia. Whatever the reverse of nostalgia is this week, thinking about my life in 2008 during a recession, uh, <laughs> I've been <laughs> trying to make these segues. I uh, that's what I've been thinking about the most. But this has just blown that out of the water for me, and it's so many unprecedented things. Uh, because in 2008, uh, I went to 2009. I went to a, a like almost a life changing session at Cater Source. Um, with my favorite cater source speaker who was the founder of cater source mike roman and he had such a, an amazingly evocative title uh, which was uh a recession is a terrible thing to waste and i was like i, I don't know what this is but i, I want in because this sounds uh that kind of line that i i do enjoy where you're like uh is he you know is he rubbing salt in wounds or or is he you know speaking truth and uh, it was definitely truth and the idea of it was it is a crucible moment, you know, like you're going to get through this if you're strong and you put your head down and all the complaining in the events industry about low barriers to entry and all these other things like, well, here's the entry, you know, maybe the entry might be, um, you know, low, but the sticking around is high. Right. And I think that getting through stuff like this is is something that you can only do with uh, lots of education and a strong network. And all those things that, you know, many of us who've been in associations and have volunteered have preached for a long time. Well, in, in a down economy with all these things, like it's, it is a absolute reality. So, um, yeah, I'm having the reverse of nostalgia, but at least I, I have those memories from things I experienced then. Well, going into that. So today we're talking about, which is like, I'm still trying to get my head around it, a world without live events. Yeah. I feel like right now we're potentially dealing with that like actually we're all dealing with it but what like we we talked about this title a couple weeks ago and and honestly the the idea was like oh yeah that's like 
Yeah, I could imagine like a situation where someone is, you know, has their one annual event every year and it gets canceled. And what do they do with their time? And now over the last couple of weeks, it's become like, no, like literally it, it is illegal to gather more than 100 people in my state. Like it, it, we're in that world right now, wow. hopefully for a super finite amount of time. Well, uh, it's Angeles, a brave new world. Yeah, it's 50 or 50. 50 but i'm all about it i mean if you want to talk about our more views, than that <laughs> i love it though i would not love it but like <laughs> it's my cool. mindset when i when i no no my mindset when i first thought about when when the mayor announced it because in california it's 250 but in los angeles it's 50 yeah. and i am about the mindset of now more intimate meetings okay and gatherings totally. because for me sure. I just feel like we need that anyways because, you know, like with technology, we get such so many people like audience members like involved in it. And I don't think that's where that connect that true connection happens. And so I'm taking instead of saying like, oh, this is a problem. I'm saying, OK, this is a challenge. I don't know how it's going to go within our careers because I feel like we don't really dictate the attendee, you know, like the guest count. But for me, I'm thinking for my own personal events that I'll go to, I'm excited to connect with more people like for a longer amount of time because there's less audience members there. Amber, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and I think I think it's exactly on that. Um, We're moving away from the big mass and creating more of that intimate gathering type of spaces and and conversations especially in times like this when it is sort of on a down you really want to have those connections and feeling like you're a part of your community and so taking it as having intimate conversations i think is exactly where the where this where the key is going to go um and then with working styles too now that all the businesses are closed people are like working together in like more close-knit groups um so i think that'll that'll change the curve as how we um look at large gatherings in future and can we make them more intimate can we as planners you know what can you involve and and uh and think about with the process of of guiding that journey and that experience for your guests uh knowing that you know they're going to be more intimate experiences so i think that's where the new trend will be for sure yeah that's uh i mean uh i can say that uh i i work on large events uh mm-hmm. exclusively you know yeah. like so for me, I, I take a pause and think about the work that I do. And also um, the majority of the work I do is about audience growth. Uh-huh. So uh, mm-hmm. in audience growth in events with tens of thousands of people. So like there's, uh, you know, j- just from that perspective, I'm like, OK, this is, uh, you know, not not what I generally get up out of bed for. Um that said, that said, like what you said is true for good design anyway, like uh, events with 10,000 people should have as many uh, intentionally designed experiences uh, around small groups of people as is. Um, so like um, like we do these things with uh, at Merits and Experience of these uh, meetings of four because we think that like uh, a group of four is the ideal conversation size uh, maximum for um, con as best you can of equal contributions without too much dominance. Um, you know, is, we, is we, that why we have four brew crew members? <laughs> uh, maybe subconsciously. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe just fits in a square. I couldn't tell you. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think about that, but I also think about the idea of um, the, the community aspect of things where um, I, I want to get people across borders and people with niches together in groups. And that's very difficult in an environment where, um, you know, there's all kinds of restrictions and things on, on scale. You know, like I think I may have mentioned some episode previously about like my experience observing RuPaul's drag con and like how there's these small intimate meetings that take place in cities uh, of drag queens that are their, you know, brothers, sisters, etc. cetera. Uh, and they're really important. But when they all got together, it was like this transformative thing that only happens when you, you know, have people from uh, different areas validate experiences and also help people grow because they bring in different perspectives outside of their region. So, um, you know, again, I, I skew towards liking to see that kind of big change because I'm um, I really have adopted this m- mindset that uh, events potential are, are in creating movements. And, and while I believe you can create a lot of behavioral change and, and strong communities and smaller events, you don't really create a movement as easy um, with 12 people. Right. So um, and, and that's not to say that one's more valid than another. They're different. It's just that's the that's the area I kind of skew towards. Um, but I don't know. I, I, one of the things we wanted to talk about today was the idea of um, hypotheticals um, and, and potentially I, w- I would really hope an extreme hypothetical, um, but one that at least gets a, our creative juices going uh, and has us envision um, personally what our lives would look like in an environment where the um, the stipulations of scale of events are uh, continue through the end of the year. Um, again, there's no... I haven't consumed any content as of yet that has um, foreseen this uh, happening. So we're not trying to be negative or trying to put out something into the world that we want to happen or think will happen. It's neither of those things. This is just kind of an idea of an experiment of, okay, we, we, uh, with our skill sets, like we envision different potentials. Um, We, we don't just envision a, B, um, some people don't even have letters for the plans because uh, letters are too, you know, there's only 26. So, uh, you know, some people have a lot. Um, this would be, you know, plan L or M or N, I think. But the idea of what does our year look like uh, for each one of us individually if uh, the, let's say, a, a gatherings of, you know, whatever, who has, who's got the lowest right now? 50? Uh, yeah, 50. <laughs> you win. Um, <laughs> quotes. Uh, so, yeah, I... I Tui, what's what's your what's your world look like? What's your life look like in 2020, um, where the entirety of the year there's no more gatherings uh, above 50 people? I mean, to be honest, I feel like half of the event professionals out there, I don't even know if they would have jobs. I feel mm-hmm. like there would be so many layoffs. Um, I don't know if it's sustainable to keep to only do events. Like, how many high end, high budget events? have 50 guests or less, you know, incentives. That's like really where I see it. I'm in the world of corporate planning and conferences and sales meetings, annual trips where they meet to discuss business. And so to limit that to just 50, I don't even know if I would like have a job. Like, sure. uh, so when I think about the rest of this year, it's trying to continually 
show my worth and my value to the company? Yep. Like what other in this downtime when I'm not doing so many proposals, there's not a lot of opportunities coming in, especially for Q1, Q2, you know, mate, like everyone's at a, a still, even our company, like in a lot of companies I know they've put on hiring freezes. So we're not growing in any way necessary. And like, I hope that we just don't lose members at least within PRA. But when I think of all the supplier partners, the ones that, I mean, maybe they could when it, I mean, yeah, because it hits like socials and, and, and weddings too. So I feel like the rest of my year, if this continues to um, not get any better, it would be trying to fill my time with either, you know, creating documents or templates or, um, you know, even my, my role isn't necessarily going out and finding the business. But, yeah, I would have to be, like, extra smart with the opportunities I have to see how much I can provide, like, revenue to the business. But mm -hmm. that's my viewpoint. I don't, like, trying to stay positive through all of this. I mean, if anything, it's just trying to keep everyone healthy, too. I'm not on either spectrum of the extreme. Like, I mean, I did go out and get toilet paper yesterday, <laughs> but I was making fun of the people getting toilet paper two days ago. I, I went and I'm took like, photos I, today, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm like documenting all of this stuff and like uh, from a lot of different angles. So I wanted to actually have some photos of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But what about you, Amber? Like, what's your take? What's your world looking like without really live events or limited events for the year? Yeah. And I, th I think it's, I don't want to get into the, to the negative side. So we'll keep it, we'll keep it positive because obviously job loss is currently happening and will probably continue to happen. So I, I'm trying to see it as more of a, of an opportunity for extra lead time. So a bunch of your annual conferences just got canceled. Now you have an additional 12 months to start planning them. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to like keep my mental state in that of, you know, I, yeah, I worked on some really great shows. All of them got canceled in the last couple of weeks. So how can I make those plans even better for next year? And, and really looking at it from a 2020 is a write-off. What's 2021 going to be like? Um, and how can I make those events better knowing the new um, environment that we're going to be in, how people might be more restrictive in their traveling, um, coming back out from this type of, you know, being closed off time so how can we approach that um but yeah i'm i'm still as busy as ever um just planning from a different perspective and and just changing my timelines and and having projects um that so far are allowing me to um to work that way in, in that sort of mind frame so you know it is a silver lining if, if it is all that is um but if that's all the, you know, the win that we can take, let's take that win. Extra time is always a positive to have, especially in the planning side of things. So um, yeah, just just using it as a, as a positive. I would say though too, um, just it's just that unknown time. And so yeah, like in the sense of large gatherings, how do we sort of plan appropriately for that? Um, and then also just having the free time just, you know, to, to work on like, how to improve myself taking an online course or just improving your skills so that when the when the function is back and running 100% you know you're right there ready to go um, with a new skill set with you know more expertise on something and that so you're able to market yourself uh, when the world is is back to, to hiring so that's the approach that I'm going with it um, but again it's, it's one of those things we kind of have to take it is what it is yeah there's uh 
I mean, if we had the luxury of knowing when this would end, um, it would be a different animal, right? I mean, that's the one thing as as people who uh, professionally plan for things and plan for variations of things, we still generally know the uh, end date, right? You know, like we can plan for the weather going this way or attendance going down or the venue having to change or all those things. Um, but we don't necessarily plan on, you know, what, what's it look like if we just don't have this after we've put this much work into it. Um, it just goes away or changes dates or that kind of thing. Like we, we, the fixed thing that we generally know is is when it's going to happen. Um, and with that variable out, you know, like uh, uh, it's uh, it's definitely uh, different to shift all of your gears to the to the next year. Although, again working from knowledge that we have currently that seems like a pretty reasonable thing to do currently you know uh, all said and done the 2021 that we're going to be you know i don't want to say back to business as usual because i I don't think there is business as usual moving forward and and, uh i i think that that's um there's a lot of lessons to be learned here uh i suppose but uh we, there will be, you know, if there's an annual event, that probably will take place in 2021. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I do strategy work for strategists, <laughs> so uh, for me, it's about how do I position, how do I, you know, t- for people like you, what do you need um, right now uh, potentially that you know the organization that I that I do most of my work with, what w- that they would be able to help you with. Um, I, I think that there is, generally speaking, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Generally speaking, there's a lot of need for um, a perspective, um, and there's a lot of need for knowledge right now. Um, there's not necessarily a lot of extra budget, so um, you know, like that's it's challenging to look at it like that. But like, I think there's a possibility to make some inroads with organizations, um, you know, and providing them the help they need. Like if, if if there are, if there is help out there that is needed and you're in a position to give that help, then the rest of it is just some kind of, uh, you know, process to uh, make that profitable over time. Um, but yeah, for me, like as a, you know, as a marketer, um, I would be, I would probably spend my year looking at opportunities to uh, work with people on virtual, uh, summits and virtual events. Um, I don't, you know, I, I believe the face-to-face is superior to, to virtual. I also believe that um, things can't halt and progress needs to happen and information needs to be exchanged. Um, I don't think that information exchange is the end-all be-all of what a live experience offers, but it, it's an aspect and it it can be covered in a virtual event. And as a marketer, I can market that to people, um, you know, with uh, and to scale that I'm used to. Um, but mostly I think I'd probably pivot to working with event professionals individually and as teams to help them find new revenue streams outside of gatherings. Um, That's the extreme end of it. What skill sets do you have that you possess that you would be able to flexibly utilize in different ways? So Tui, if you had the same skill sets that you have right now and they had to apply to other industries potentially that you could offer something to them, where do you think you would take a stab at it? I would say probably like advertising marketing. I think experiential like activations that's like very close to my world now. So I feel like that would be an easy, not like the easiest jump to so go. So digital advertising, print, media, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Like how, yeah, how do yeah, I, yeah. And wait, and here's the really interesting thing. Cause now there's so many articles saying like, take your meeting virtual now. And do mm-hmm. you both like, Amber, I'm going to ask you, do you feel like that's a temporary fix? Or do you feel like that's going to be the catalyst to then take our whole entire industry into virtual into the future? Yeah. I feel like this is the pivotal moment of where the landscape changes. Um, And I don't think it'll go full virtual right away, but certainly this is now providing the opportunity for those events that were supposed to be in person or a backup, they're going virtual as a test. So it's like 2020 is the testing ground. See what what hits, see what doesn't, see how then it can be improved. But going before even this was all going down, you know, the landscape was already changing with the cost of travel. The, you know, the, just the amount of people not wanting to be away from their home base. So this is just now catapulting it into the next level at a much quicker rate. So I do worry about it, um, especially as to Nick's point, you know, it's the purpose of events is not just only educational. There are other aspects um, to why people attend and go and, and gather in these large groups. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting time of how of how people recover from it. But then also, like, what kind of content is now developed and and putting out there to allow for the gathering aspect to still occur um, while getting the education. But virtual versus real is completely different. And I know you guys will continue to talk about that subject. But I think it's like everybody will remember 2020 as the year when the switch was turned on on virtual. Yeah. Yeah. Nature abhors a vacuum, right? So something will fill it, even if it's not as good. Um, I got beat up on Twitter a week ago because a week ago there was one event professional narrative, which was pure on cheerleading mode uh, and less uh, of the duty of care. Uh, You know, we we recorded an episode around duty of care specifically because I was like, "Uh, this is I, I understand everyone's like coming up with their hashtags and logos and be strong and business matters and all that stuff and it all of it does and I'm, I'm fully on board with that um, as long as you again first do no harm uh, you know like that's mm-hmm. the that's the the bare minimum low bar you know just for, don't do any harm first and then after that do all those things um, so uh, I got beat up online by saying I, I could see a project and this isn't you know this is just speculation but I could see a world where uh, the halting of events uh, lets people, you know, or forces people into trying digital for the first time uh, and uh, having at least some success or removing the fear that they had around it because they just, you know, they knew how to do an event. Um, They didn't know how to do a digital thing, but then they had to do a digital thing or they'd lose their job. So they did it. And then a year later, they go, someone in the group says, hey, um, do you know how much environmental negativity comes from p- gathering people together? It's a big amount. What if we just did what we did last year? And then instead of doing it because we have to, we can say from a PR perspective, we're doing it for sustainability reasons. Like there just needs to be one other thing. You know, is it is it saving money? Is it doing this, et cetera, doing that? And it will overcome that. So I, after that, I immediately subtweeted myself. That's why. If you're putting on events, and you should have already been doing this, but if you're putting on events, you need to show all the intangible benefits of what you provide and not just, you know, we sold tickets or, um, you know, people had, we got mostly fours on our post eval. Like you need to show all the buying signals. You need to show how this impacted CRMs. Like you need to show all your work and all the, all the exhaust from attendees. Uh, Otherwise, when they're comparing things together, you've got the one which can spread disease 
causes environmental impact, um, you know, as all these negative things that, that are that are true and, and aren't going away. Uh, and you got the other one that doesn't. And if you don't put on except live events also, you know, are better for behavioral change, uh, create community, foster trust faster. Like if you can't show your work for that, then we're going to lose. Wait, I changed my answer. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought about this. So in the year 2020, I would I would open up an illegal like speakeasy. Yes. Where I have more than 50 people attend. But I would like it it would be like a tea storefront. And you would have to have like a secret passcode somehow. Like you like, I don't know, like how to get in like through the fridge or something. And you had and the password would be an acronym like RFP, BEO. Like it would be an event thing all the associations that would dissolve right so you can say like you know yeah (laughs) any one of those acronyms but the thing is it would be like high end like you would have to get tested like somehow in order to get in and you had to know like it's gonna be very exclusive and that's how i'm gonna make money i'm gonna be like yeah i'm gonna be like the illegal shop you know in all those movies it's always like an old asian lady (laughs) yeah that's like no like go go somewhere else like i don't this is a fish shop and then they're like oh "Oh, okay you got the code. Come so on. So you're going to lean party. into negative stereotypes just so you can put yeah, people off the Yeah, but I'm going to make money. Scent. Oh, I'm yeah, yeah that's money. fair. Hey. And I'm going to connect people. That's, that's my I love it. Now. The Al Capone <laughs> of events. Man, that's great. Yeah. I don't know who the Elliot Ness will be. Probably some kind of like digital you know platform that like wants to knock you down. But still, um, that's cool. <laughs> I hadn't considered that idea. Just Maybe it'll be a pop-up. I'll like keep traveling so the police never catch me. Like a rave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All all, all uh, business to business uh, exhibitions and such will all be raves now. Great. Mm-hmm. You drive to an abandoned uh, you know parking lot and then somebody hands you a piece of paper and it says go yeah perfect. Dustin and you get there and then you me. set your booth up. Dustin would be the one just like handing out the code. Will would be DJing. <laughs> Nick would be doing the content. Sure. Amber, you're just gonna come party. I'm just gonna have a good time. I'll just be the, I'll just be the lush, just going through the crowd, just having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. Teamwork. Scram when the police get there, I guess. But uh, yeah, uh, barring raids, um, I think uh, that's an interesting idea. Uh, so I, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. I, I've had a, bu- a bunch of different calls with uh, smaller firms and some solopreneurs that are like, you know, not negatively, but sort of internally freaking out. And they're, they're, you know, like the smaller the organization, the, the more the cancellations are meaningful. So like if you're a conference photographer and, you know, the two of your gigs cancel, um, then that's your, you know, Q2, right? So you just don't, you don't make revenue for a quarter of the year. Like that's absurd, right? Things like that are happening all over the place. So uh, you know, this is, this is super real. Um, so I was trying to like come up with as many different ways to take the skill sets of people that exist now and apply them to other areas. Um, then one of the things that I came across when it came to like designers and planners, so there's two different lines I was thinking. One, um, you're all probably really good at logistics and there's a lot of industries that, that benefit from a strong logistical mind and probably don't have as many stressful variables that you've encountered to put you on lists of, you know, the highest stress jobs in the world. So um, I think that there's a lot to offer organizations that are uh, founded and surrounded by uh, logistical concerns. So there's that. And then there's goal-based 
creative design skills. So I'm thinking anybody who is in a position to sell things and has a physical space, you have the ability potentially as a consultant to go to them and say, let's say it's a law firm. You go in and, you, and your pitch would be this. I'm going to help you design uh, your uh, office in a way that is um, conducive to increasing your closing rate and for sales. Um, I'm, I'm going to look at the environment and I'm going to help you you put things here that will cue stories that you will tell and, and utilize audiovisual, um, lighting, uh, scents, you know, whatever it is, right? In, in a combination of uh, emotional triggers as well as sensory triggers that will um, help you with your goals. So like you, you have a picture over there, you know, it's uh, of the city, great. Um, if someone were to say, what's that city? Why is it there? What would you say? And if it's not something that makes you believe one of your core principles or one of your unique selling propositions, let's remove that and let's put something else in there and let's create a sales flow that is uh, designed to make people feel things as experienced designers should be able to do. Like that's same muscles just applied totally differently in a fixed location. And I think that the amount of potential um, clients that you would have could be endless, right? I mean, you could you could have a, a design a bar that you know would you know uh, maybe instill a, a feeling of belonging or a likelihood for retention uh, or you know uh, have some upsell potentials. Like you you could start thinking along those lines to help other you know types of businesses uh, through design. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to really think outside clever. the box. I feel like I would, Amber and I would just take a really cheap flight somewhere. Do you want to go to like Bora Bora or like, yeah, <laughs> where do you want to go? You've seen all right. those memes, like all the, all of them. I'm not sure Amber, if you're a millennial, but like, that's a brilliant idea. Everyone's seriously just going out and buying cheap flights and just. I've seen some of those. Those are great. I've yeah, seen the memes and I've looked up the flight deals. So yes, have I'm, you? I'm, I, I totally, absolutely. Uh, Where'd you go? Like, like, where are you going? Oh, nowhere. I'm, I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm hunkering down because the fear of, of like you can leave but then you can't come back. But I'm with you. This cheap deals. Did uh, you hear about Justin's yeah. wife? That just so Sophie. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And I have colleagues who now are under house arrest because they visited Parliament and. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But back to Nick's point, I feel yeah. like I, I really liked listening to to hearing you speak about that, Nick. It was just like kind of flipping the switch of like the changed perspective of going inwards and looking at what you what you've done, what you're currently doing, and then how can you switch that um, or transition that back into something that's similar in line, but for a totally different audience and a different sort of foundational need. Um, so yeah, I think that's just an interesting exercise that we could probably all start to do within our own selves of what skills do we have and how could we potentially start servicing in a different way? So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think we have broader skills than we think we do um, yeah. because most of us in a, in a sophisticated society, we have specialties, you know, like I... I like, you know, I work on marketing, but generally marketing in the corner of trade shows and association, uh, association events and conferences um, from the strategy side, not execution. That's really niche, right? Like I, I don't create emails. I don't do, I don't do the marketing. I do the strategy and I don't do the strategy for weddings or 
Um, I don't know. I guess they don't really have strategy, but whatever. Like I, I'm like super niche, 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 niche because the market's good and because there's lots of opportunities and because um, specialization is possible and kind of a more robust, uh, you know, industry. If that industry goes away, what, what what can I actually do? And I have to think about not not what I do, but but how I think and how I think and how I perceive the world um, and and the experiences I've had. And, and can I apply those in other areas? Um, it's diff- it, it might be somewhat difficult to do, um, but I think it's better to find somebody who's not in the events industry and explain what you do. And have them listen and say, oh, that's kind of like this or something like you need a wild card to kind of consume mm-hmm. what you do, uh, because an insider will just be like, uh, well, yeah, you could be a instead of a designer, you could be a planner or you could be a, you know, or something like you could be work for a D like they just know that language. Right. It's like it. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to go outside of that. Like, so if I was a DJ, I'd be like, all right, maybe I should be, uh, you know, a, a sales manager because I'm good at motivating people. And, um, I'm good at, you know, I'm high energy and just think of like the, the persona details and, and some of the psychographics of yourself and then apply those to, you know, maybe other, you know, other types of, of jobs that are, that are made up similarly. I, I, this is extreme, right? This is again, like, I'm, totally. I'm not telling yeah. everybody's going to lose their jobs and we all have no. to like, and events are closing their doors. I, I think none of that's going to happen, um, at all, but I think just like that session I went to 10 years ago, like a recession is a terrible thing to waste. I think that this is here and none of us have any ability to make it go away. So instead of moaning about it, I think we need to stretch ourselves, um, you know, past our comfort zones and see how adaptable we actually are. Love that. Scary. I don't know. (laughs) No, this is all brilliant. uh, We'll see. I mean, honestly, um, I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I just think event event professionals all wear so many more hats than other professions wear anyway, that if we were to look at just one of those hats, there's enough skills in that bucket to probably be able to do, you know, different things. Or we can look at potentially looking at one of those hats that we have that we're like, yeah, I'm a jack of all trades. All right, we'll pick one to be really good at this quarter, right? To, to focus, uh, like Amber said, you know, spending more time in education, you know, like find maybe if you wanted to advance yourself or if you wanted, you know, in different ways, um, again, you, you, because there's always things coming at you all the time, you never have the time or the focus to be able to be great at anything. You're really good at a lot of things. Um, you know, present company excluded, you guys are great. Uh, but you know, find something or some angle on this that you think that has, uh, longevity and is maybe disruption proof and, and then really double down on being better than the rest. Because what's going to happen is, is that unfortunately, you know, once this is done, not all, everyone's going to be still on this ride. Um, and, and things are going to change and people are going to think about things differently, et cetera. If you're in this for the long haul, what you need to do now is hunker down. That's the phrase I've been using a lot now, <laughs> hunker down, uh, and, prepare for, um, you know, come emerging out of this better than you were going into it, you know, better marketing, better, um, credits on your CV or uh, resume, depending on what country you're in, uh, that kind of thing, like, like build yourself up. And then also I think it's really important because your network right now is, is in peril as much as you are. Mm -hmm. 
the the network is your net worth stuff. I mean, it's if you can help your network in any way, now's the time to do it, because as this progresses uh, and and life outside of this, you're going to need them and they're going to need you. So this is a real I know we can't all gather all the time, but this is a really good time for you to touch base with a lot of people. And even at, even at the very bare minimum of just being able to like touch, you know, contact them, empathize with them, see if anyone's in dire straits. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of just egos and a lot of, um, other things keeping people from reaching out. Uh, I think you need to make yourself vulnerable first, but, um, I think there's a lot of good to be done with investing in your network and investing in yourself. Totally. And especially in this time, right? Like it's, we're literally all in this together. Everyone yep. in some shame, way, or form is, is affected. So it's not just one person's going through it. We're all going through it. So I think to that point, absolutely now more than ever, we should be really leaning on our community, leading on our, you know, people in our, in our, in our realms to, uh, to fight through it. And kind of looking at it, it's like, you know, we're all kind of going into a cocoon. We're all cocooning. There's nothing really to go on right now. So let's utilize that time and, come out like butterflies i love that know? that's yeah. a great Just analogy yeah. spread it around but yeah <laughs> spread the that's wings great. not the spread those not wings the exactly <laughs> 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 hashtag right <laughs> wait okay so here's a, a what if question this reminds sure. me of you know i'm not sure about you guys but in middle school everyone in elementary school there was like four in the region and then we all got split into groups in middle school and so you would like leave some of your people gain new friends so if the live events industry was like no more what other industry out there is sustainable that our event professionals that would, we could fl- like go to yeah, like what's yeah exactly where would we fly to if, if let's say there was no a world without live events so uh i think that as we discussed in the episode we talked about is there really a, an events industry and we talked about how um, it's an industry that that has absorbed a lot of things from other industries uh, and is a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I don't know if there's any one industry that would benefit the most from us. Um, I think that there's people who are like, for instance, the, the, the really logistical mind, minded people and the really creative people both exist in the events industry. The introverts, the extroverts, like they're 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 vital to the makeup of uh the events industries, I think some would benefit, some industries would benefit from some of those very linear thinking people. And I think other people would benefit from um, the creatives. Like I could see, you know, all right, there's no event industry. What's, what's Rolando doing? You know, just as an example, as somebody that we know, um, like, I think he's, you know, I think he's creating art, you know, uh, maybe, uh, art for uh, institutions and organizations. I think he's creatively problem solving um, ways to reach people that other people haven't. Right. I think he's like on the creative side of like, you know, or even uh, like uh, Gary Boardman. Right. Like he's solving problems through, you know, creating things that didn't exist before, but probably physical things. Whereas I see a lot of people I know from like the PCMA world, like I think they're probably looking at overhauling like internal educational programs of of companies in order to um you know teach people and, and apply the disciplines that they've had and in, in conference producing to curriculum for internal corporations those are both the same industry right like one's creating art maybe the other one is is uh being able to disseminate information in a stickier manner 
Um, so I, I don't know. Um, is there an industry that does both of those things tremendously? I'm not sure. We're unique weirdos. We're such a hodgepodge. It's, it's, it's really, you're right. It's, it is. Like, we're all so different. All the crazies yeah. found each other. Yeah. Like, if, the, if, if Hollywood disappeared, I would say that, like, our commercials would get really great, you know? Like, because that Steven Spielberg would be doing a Sprint commercial, right? Or, or something. Like, he'd be in advertising. He'd be able to do storytelling for commercial purposes as opposed to artistic license. That's easy, right? Like, it's a linear, you know, they'd all move to this. But we're such a, like, melting pot of of weirdos that it works for us but like i don't know if you could just like port all those skill sets over somewhere else and then have you know have it work they don't have circuses anymore so i don't i don't really know are there circuses anymore i shouldn't say i don't know there's like cirque but i think yeah there's i less guess and less yeah, that's true less animal ones brothers. yeah there's yeah, i don't know what do you think out events who benefits the most <laughs> from from a migration uh, of event professionals to somewhere else it's a tough one, right? Yeah. 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 It is. Or or is or is that the t- the time with the migration to then, you know, create something new and then finally like have a a guiding thread that is staking the claim of what the event industry has been fighting for for so long, which is, you know, that respect and to have their own identity the and to be yeah. Um so maybe that's an opportunity to come back you know stronger than ever but it's interesting yeah like when are all such really jack of all trades but all very very different can all just sort of disperse and completely go into other other orbs yeah i think think... would it be just it wouldn't just be the event industry also i feel like there'd be so many different industries that would be so point so true you know changing the whole world could be changing Um, yeah so it's about how can you adapt alongside that and still find find a space for yourself within that changing environment you know that's true. We're that's that's that is a really good point because before before that, all I could really envision was in the world we're in now. Where would we go? Right. But it wouldn't be our world now. It's not the same world anymore. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. When you take away when you take away the potential for people to gather, again the vacuum thing. Like it, it's something else emerges. Um, yeah. You know, do the we all still be-, be there? Totally. Yeah, you're right. absolutely so, right. Community you know, just is just something else. Who we just are. Maybe what is that something else? Would we all work for Facebook? You know, would be fostering communities in in Facebook groups in order to have them be um, actual communities where um, you know, like the community leaders, and there was organization through that. And again, in a world without gathering, um, and again, we're, we're, we know that there's nothing better than that. So, like taking it away probably is not actually a real thing because there'd be more twoies out there uh you know selling uh be one twoie well there'd be more (laughs) regional uh speakeasies i guess with uh unless you're gonna franchise this concept hey i want to trademark that actually i I will probably letter yourself before we publish this but i'll be the original i feel like these venues especially they're getting like hit i would actually i could see like a pop apocalypse style like venues getting converted into like bubbles of communities with homes and like you know like in the simpsons when Mm. they have like the big bubble over springfield i feel like i could see something like that where you like can can i don't know it could be like high-end exclusive where you have to like apply to get into this community and it's like now we're in the real dystopia 
Yeah, right. And there's why like... not live in the moon and then have a uh, was it Illyrium or uh, something like that where that's like they oh, yeah. all, all the rich people get off of the earth. <laughs> They're doing that with bunkers right now. Yeah, of I, course. I read that people are actually buying like communities where you can. There's like you know like underground bunkers. It's just the gated you know gated community taken to uh, you know the logical post-apocalyptic uh, <laughs> you know conclusion, just mm-hmm. like under the uh, Denver airport. Uh, <laughs> Google it. <laughs> oh, I was gonna I be there. My... Uh, I was supposed to, be, supposed to be there Monday, and that got canceled. So I, I always wanted to be, you know, where the leaders are underground, and maybe serving them drinks or something. Well, that was scary and also interesting. Uh, I want to thank. Topic. Yeah, I want to <laughs> thank uh, uh, Tui for being with me and Amber for uh, being our guest on this one. Um, this, uh, again, I, I, I hope that the perception of this conversation and hopefully the, the jovial tones that we had, uh, illustrated that, that we're, uh, we're not, we're not doom and gloom. We're not saying, you know, you're all losing your jobs and this and that, but man, if there's any group that's good at seeing every potential, it's us. And I think that even the exercise of looking at the extreme will help us, uh, think about things in the middle that are not as extreme that might be useful, uh, in the, in the right now. So, um, you know, have these conversations um, with your team. You know, uh, it's an exercise. It, it can be fun because it gets you out of the mindset of just doing things like we've always done them because those days are done. Um, and it gets you thinking uh, a little bit more flexible. So uh, I would say if you have the opportunity, you know, with a group that is uh, legal uh, to be able to, you know, have a conversation with them. Uh, along these lines. And if you want to, uh, you know, basically uh, uh, take this conversation to a safe platform like the internet, uh, you can do that <laughs> on uh, a hashtag event brew, or you can email us at eventbrew at helloendless.com. And we can continue this conversation of what ifs and, uh, and hopefully what never bees. That's not a thing. Uh, and uh, there's uh, lots more information. Hopefully we'll post some links about, um, uh, some institutions that are, you know, limiting right now and some, uh, maybe some hopefully content around different things you could be doing to, uh, get yourself in a better place at, uh, eventbrew.com. We've got show notes, links, lots of other resources, transcripts, all that fun stuff. Uh, and then if you're listening to us on, uh, one of your favorite platforms for podcasting, uh, we would love for you to rate and review us. We hear that that will be the new currency, uh, in the, in the post-apocalypse is your, uh, your, uh, podcasting rating. So hopefully we'll be able style. to eat. Yes. Uh, and, uh, again, I want to thank everybody for listening and I want to thank, uh, uh, this team. I'm excited that we have, uh, uh, you know positivity in this time of uh, uncertainty thanks thanks guys Bye. bye thanks again for listening to event group be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app also be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode see you next time on event brew